They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar. Ladies and gentlemen, shy. Someone let them leave the way. Can't hear you. Show them all the inside. You gotta get louder. Get them A sense of what, Ronnie? Cry. Yeah? To make it easy. It's not easy. Let the children Okay, Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie, if you're not gonna sing loud, we can't do this song anymore. Children are our future. I was just trying to bring a little emotion to the episode. I don't know what to tell you. We decided that uh, the greatest love of all was the perfect song because we're talking about the greatest love of all today, which uh-huh. is Godiva chocolate. Chocolate. We love it. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on Thoughts That Rock. It's your favorite podcast where we give you two pieces of life-changing advice. You take it. Your life gets better. You are welcome. We have a yes. <laughs> you notice how I just make a statement of that. Yeah, <clears throat> we have a sponsor today, Jim. Mm, who is it? It's Jergens. Jergens the pickles. <laughs> sort of. It's a Jergens Ultra Healing for extra dry skin. Oh, lotion. The lotion. Your most beautiful skin starts with Jergens Ultra Healing Moisturizer, reformulated to go beyond healthy. All the way to beautiful. It's Jergens. <laughs> wow, did you turn into Harry Carey there with the Jergens? Jergens, Jim. Where do you get that stuff anyway? You can get it at any CVS, Walgreens, or your local lotion stand. I was talking about ordering some online, but that's fine. Obviously, this podcast is a fantastic way to get some free. I'm going to say that again. Some free. Free. Weekly leadership. Yes. I mean, if you just want to opt in on on Mondays and Wednesdays and sometimes Fridays where we're just launching episodes to get it for free, that's cool. But listen, if you want something bigger than that, better than that, you want a full-on experience. that's going to bring a little extra light, maybe some glow to their, you know, the learning and development category. Yeah. You know what we're talking about. It's Jergens Natural no, Glow. Tan- it's Certified Rockstar. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we've moved off of Jergens. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Certified Rockstar. This is our training program that Brent and I do. Um, and we got different versions. We have this awesome virtual version that a company could take uh, from a distance. But, you know, when we get back to uh, regular life, it's half day, full day, multi day masterminds are all available to you. We have fun. It's extremely edutaining. You got to check it out at certifiedrockstar.com. Yes. And listen. Yeah. Do us a huge favor. I'm not saying Please. you, Brant. We've already done the work. We've already used our fake email addresses. We have no more left. None. We, we've exhausted that avenue to try and get uh, ratings and reviews. We're now asking the audience, the proverbial you. You're listening to the show. Do us a favor. Just take a moment. Give us a five-star rating and a written review. That would mean a huge deal to us. And honestly, every word matters, even yeah. if you want to put down one word. That's like, right. Awesome. Yes. Like, Fantastic. It's like butter. Butter. Like sweet citrus triple butter blend by Jurgens. 
Lightly infused with sweet citrus essential oil, Jim, it lifts your spirits and delights your senses. It's sweet citrus triple butter blend. I almost dare somebody to weave in the word Jergens in their rating and review. The first person who does that, I'm going to send them a prize. Yes. I don't know what it is, but they're, they're getting gonna, each. They're going to get a copy of each of our books for the first person that somehow fits the word Jergens and a bottle of Jergens. <laughs> it's going to be the lavender triple butter blend. Yes. Listen, we know how busy you are. You have a lot going on, and um, we, we understand that. It doesn't really matter what you're doing right now. You could be sitting in a steam sauna for all we care. Uh, you could, and maybe while you're in that sauna, you're donating money to Cannonball Kids Cancer because <laughs> you know that's what this podcast is really that's all about. True, that's so true. Before you get in the sauna, please take out the checkbook and send them some money to support their research. Yeah, it's CannonballKidsCancer.com, which you can't get with anything. In a sauna. No, but you could also be watching your kids run a lemonade stand to make money for Cannonball Kids Cancer. That's exactly correct. Yeah, those guys are amazing. Or maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, you're do- doing some uh, graffiti art on a Los Angeles overpass. Jurgens. That has nothing to do with Cannonball Kids Cancer, but but it could be some incredible art of Jurgens hydrating coconut milk oil. We just want to be the 45 minutes you've been looking forward to all week. Let's do it. <laughs> Our guest today is my good friend, John Galloway, who is now the chief marketing and innovation officer for Godiva, the awesome chocolatier. First and foremost, John, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Good uh, morning, afternoon. Uh, super glad to be here with you all today. Same here, same here. He's got, you know, Brand, a, a great background, and, yeah. and uh, we're going to have John's full bio posted in the show notes. We do hope you guys go and check that out. But I, I just want to pull out a couple of cool highlights that I thought would be interesting. First off, John's worked with some pretty big world-class companies like Young and Rubicam, U.S. Army, uh, Miller Brewing Company, and DuPont. But I found this interesting in his bio, and I didn't even know this. He uh, executed some photo shoots in the jungles of Honduras and Panama with the with the Army Reserve. Okay. So, you know, you that, that might be a first for the show. He was uh, 14 years at PepsiCo that uh, mm-hmm. really took him and the family from New York and London and Chicago and, mm-hmm. and really during his time there at Pepsi. Uh, they had some pretty cool stuff going on. They acquired the sponsorship rights to the NFL for the first time, which still is in place today. He launched the uh, the Mountain Dew, the Dew Tour, they say, with NBC. And, of course, he amped up a lot of growth with uh, Gatorade and, and 7-Up projects, uh, you know, different products. I met John when he became the CMO for Hard Rock International, and he was there for eight years. And I think we had something like six straight years of record profit, just Fun time to be with that brand, and and John oversaw all of the marketing efforts in like seventy five countries, and that's wow. everything brand. It's uh, cafes, hotels, casinos, like wow. music venues, and really he was he was really responsible w- with him and his team for the uh, the what we call Hard Rock Rewards. That's the unified loyalty program. First time it had really been done. Um, he really helped uh, push out and start Hard Rock Rising, which was sort of our global battle of the bands. And developed a lot of key philanthropic partnerships with, you know, Imagine Dragons and Rihanna and, and Pipple, you know, a bunch of name dropping that you we know. can do today. You know. um, but now he oversees all the marketing and innovation for uh, Godiva International. So we're, we're a little bit shocked that we didn't get any chocolate samples sent yeah. to the show today. What's but the it's deal? on the way. It's on the is way. It? Is it? Is it? Which uh, ones are you sending, by the way? John, you're basically a legal <laughs> drug dealer. <laughs> 
who works in chocolate. <laughs> yes. So you know our format, John. The uh, you know we don't do the traditional uh, you know background interview you know that you probably hear in a lot of podcasts. We love to get right to the point and uh, really get some awesome pieces of advice for our audience. So we're going to leave the floor open to you. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock. Number one. My thought is all about empowerment. And empowerment to me is the special sauce to organizational success. I think it's about hiring great people, Mm -hmm. providing them with an end goal, empowering them and watch them go amaze you. Mm. You're speaking our language. Yeah. Yeah, Tell us more. So, you know what? I mean, to me, I couldn't tell a, tell a story or discussion about empowerment without going back to my time at, at Pepsi. And, I, and I'll tell you, it was probably 20 plus years ago, and I was a brand manager on Mountain Dew. And I was running at the time the uh, Mountain Dew Grassroots Tour. And back in the day when Humvees were cool, we were sampling uh, Mountain Dew out of uh, the back of these Hummers up and down the East Coast. And we worked with our bottling partners, who basically we were the concentrate marketing company. And you had bottling partners who you know actually executed and did the work in the field and the stores. And we were going back and forth with the bottlers about delivering product for these events and paying for it. And in this particular case, my bottler said he wasn't going to pay for the free product. He was asking me out of my marketing budget to do that. So I went into uh, to my boss at the time, a guy named Dave Berwick, and I started complaining about this whole incident. And Dave took a deep breath and he looked at me and he said, John, let me ask you a question. And I said, well, what's the question? He said, John, are you the CEO of the Mountain Dew Grassroots Tour or are you brand manager on Mountain Dew? And I thought about it and I knew it was a pretty rhetorical question. And I sort of slumped back out of there. And uh, honestly, from that day, I was the CEO of the Mountain Dew Grassroots Tour. I love it. And, uh, you know, I, I called up the bottler and I had my CEO hat on and I solved the problem. And I'd tell you to this day, there's probably not a organization or a team or an individual who's worked with me that won't quickly tell you the story about John telling them, are you the CEO of this or are you X title? Because it comes back often. And I, and I think it's the best piece of advice I've gotten. You know, it's funny because, um, well, if you fast forward to your life at Hard Rock, it was sort of the same thing. Like these, you know, we used to tell the general managers, the ones that were really running point on, let's say, a multi-million dollar cafe. They, in fact, were the CEO of their own business. But even during your time, the sales and marketing managers who were an extension of the things that you were putting out, they really were like their own CMOs, right? They, they themselves had to have that that entrepreneurial mindset. They had to have this idea of, I, I'm going to have to be innovative to drive business. I want to help perpetuate the brand. I'm, I'm definitely going to follow the guidelines, perhaps, that that you and the team put down. But they were constantly trying to improve them and, and create and pitch new ideas to you. So I'm talking beyond your fantastic team. You had an awesome team at, you know, at the Corporate Sports Center. But when you even think about the extension of the individual people representing the sales and marketing functions, they, in fact, were the same way. They were empowered, I think, and, and really they helped grow into something bigger and better. So I guess my question would be, how do you handle somebody who – wants and, and maybe does go too far, let's say, with their empowered ideas? Let's say they, they take it a little bit further than what you would want them to do. I mean, it, it, it's funny because 
I've never had that happen in a way. Really? I, I think I've, um, we've, we've failed. I've empowered people and it hasn't succeeded. Um, but I, but I think in the, in the case of, you know, showing confidence in people, making sure that there's an end goal and, you know, monitoring the progress, you know, that that's on you as, as a leader to be a, a part of that journey yeah. to figure out if you have to be on that journey, two steps behind them or a mile and a half behind them. Um, but I think that's on, that's on you as, as a leader to, to monitor. Yeah. I, and I'd say, you know, in the end, be okay with failure. I, I failed, you know, with some, let's call it empowerment at the hard rock where I had my hands in things and, uh, and, and where, you know, I let people go and do things. But again, it didn't collapse the company. The, the record profits were still there. Yeah. In fact, you know, the people's hit rate was about, you know, 75%. And that's pretty darn good. If you're a baseball player, you're, a, you know, you're a world famer, you're a hall of famer. Um, so I, again, I, I'm a believer in letting people fail, let it happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was, I was looking, uh, this, this morning thinking about some of the, the crazy things we did when I was at hard rock. I don't know. Have you ever heard of Harmar superstar? I have not Harmar or superstar. Andrew WK. Oh yeah. Write both of those yep. down and, and look those up. We, we did a, uh, we did a documentary with vice when I was at, at hard rock, um, with vice and live nation. Yep. And it was on the history of the encore and uh, the two of the people who were part of it were Harmar and Andrew WK and Hamish empowered me to go do this. And I empowered my team to go do this. And at the end of the day, if you Google it up online, it was some crazy stuff in the end, it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, and, and we, we failed a little bit, but we, we started a relationship with live nation with vice um, that was super interesting and it benefited us in other ways. And so, again, didn't change the course of history for hard rock, but those people on my team who actually took responsibility for it and, you know, we let them have the energy to go create, it, it inspired them to come up with other ideas the next time. Yeah. I would guess it's got to be in this this sort of thought of empowering people. It's got to be a lot easier, Jim, as you said about what if somebody takes it too far? I would think it's got to be easier to dial it back than mm-hmm. it is to have to amp something up. Yeah. Right. I mean, oh, I, no doubt. If someone's gone a little bit too far, it's easy to sort of get them to say, hey, <laughs> let's let's turn this down a notch as opposed to begging them to try to put in some you know, more energy into the project. Story of me being on stage when I'm in front of bankers, insurance agents, you know, pretty middle of the road, vanilla ice cream type industries and brands in general. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. Not that they have to be like hard rock, but you want people that are just a little bit, you know, a little bit more passionate, a little bit more innovative. Maybe they are too irreverent for this brand, but I would much rather to your point, Brant, go, Hey, come back, pull one or two of them back from the brink versus, trying to get a hundred automatons to do anything spectacular. So yeah, I'm totally in deal with that. Yeah. And I think John too, if you, if you think about that, you've probably working for some of these brands like Pepsi, like hard rock, you know, we've been lucky enough to hang around some pretty interesting characters. So maybe to your point, you're right. Maybe you haven't really had somebody, they've still have the smarts, the wherewithal to say, I'm going to put my toe across the line. I'm not going to do too much where it's going to get us arrested or, you know, where we're really going to get a lawsuit or something, but I'd rather them do something exciting. That's what empowerment's about, right? Yeah. And it's, and it's funny, uh, you know, when, when I think about that question of, you know, when, when it didn't work, as I said, I, I think the biggest thing that hasn't worked for me 
And even in thinking through this podcast, it's, it's, it's actually helped me that it's where I've hired people that weren't great at empowerment yeah. and that hasn't worked. And so as a, as an empowering leader, and then you, you know, you have somebody work for you and they're not empowering the people underneath that doesn't work. Um, and the quickest way I got to a challenging rub with people is again, I had a philosophy, but if it's only as good as me, that's not, that's not going to work. Um, so I, you know, I failed in, in that respect for sure. You know, you know, quite a few times. Um, it's, it's a different way of, of looking at things. I, I loved, you know, you, you guys coming back and talking about, you know, when we empower others, this sort of this, this notion that it gives people the freedom to think big. And I've been lucky, um, you know, on some of the brands that I've gotten to work on that it is about thinking big. I, I also, it's, it's funny that, uh, this, this conversation made me think about my military background. You know, I was uh, I was raised as a uh, as a military brat. You know, my father was a general in the army. Both my grandfathers were. And, uh, and I went and had a cup of coffee in the army. And I and I strongly believe in leadership. And until I thought through it before this conversation, I kind of actually realized empowerment is why I didn't stay in the military, because, um, you know, there's so many great things about leadership in the military. Mm-hmm. But when you think about the military, it's a little bit different. It is. You don't necessarily want the troops on the field empowering themselves to come up with their own battle plan. Right. Um, you you kind of got to have a plan and that plan's got to work together. Um, so I, you know, I, I spent, you know, two and a half years in the military and, and I left and I have nothing but respect for it. But one of the officers in the military said, John, you're, you're too much of a poet to be here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and honestly, it crystallized to me this week. And it was about the empowerment thing. I wanted empowerment and I wanted to give empowerment and maybe that wasn't the best place for it. Yeah. I wonder if this would work everywhere because, you know, again, the advice that you're saying, empower people and just watch how they deliver. I think, you know, you got to make sure that you've got the right people, the right environment, you know, that, that, that can be fostered. Right. And I think when, you know, the word empowerment, it only came on the scene in, in you know three four decades ago when it when it showed up in the late eighties. Honestly, in the restaurant industry, empowerment meant abandonment. It was you go figure it out. You know, let me know if you need anything. And people were sort of left up to their own, you know, thoughts as to how they should handle stuff. And if you didn't have the right environment or you didn't give them any instruction, then it was the wild west. People were just sort of figuring it out and. You know, it, it really destroyed a lot of businesses out there because of some silly things people were doing. But I think maybe today, nowadays, to your point, if you just give people a little bit of some, again, of that entrepreneurial ownership, you know, I own the place where I spend the majority of my time and I'm going to help in, in whatever the decision making is. You're going to get people to you know have better morale. They're going to stick around a little bit longer. So and, and to your point. You know, you you freely admit, you know, a lot of these great ideas that you've been a part of weren't necessarily just from you. I mean, you you got those from the team, and that's because you empowered people. So, you know, I I wonder if we we had a previous guest, Scott Dickers. Um, You may know his name. He's the founder of the uh, the satirical magazine, The Onion. And he had a similar quote. He I said, listened to that podcast. Oh, you did. So he he was sort of in the same vein, but his was a little bit, I think maybe more extreme than yours. He said, empower people with radical freedom. 
And he said, listen, you know, the for him, it, short of somebody coming in and chainsawing desk, I think is what he said, all ideas and initiatives are on the table. They're all welcome. So, again, I, I, I wonder if – have you just been lucky, John, with Pepsi, with some of those earlier companies I talked about and Hard Rock and now Godiva that you're able to do this in those environments? Or do you think that any – leader regardless of the industry or the business could in fact empower their people i i think absolutely any leader could and, and should empower their people um you know i'll, I'll give you a, an interesting example that i i just read this the other day somewhere um about jeff bezos right mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know if you've heard his his quote on empowerment really stemmed from he said you know there there are a couple types of decisions in an organization and there's tier one decisions, right, that are going to irreversibly change the course of your company. And you can't go about empowering people to make those decisions. But when you get to tier two decisions, it's not going to irreversibly change the course of your business. Then you got to give people some freedom to do some things. Mm-hmm. And as, as you, as a, as a manager, it's, it's up for you to sort of do that balance. It's something you're going to do irreversibly change things. Or is this going to be a, a tolerable risk level? I, again, I mean, it's easy for me to say because I've been in the world of, of marketing and the creative world allows that. But if you if you think of the world that we're living in today and going very digital and things are changing and processes changing, capabilities and technology are changing really by the month, if not the week. Yeah. If you didn't have people that are empowered to think different if you just told them all to create a program that exists and you know, follow that code or follow what's been done well the pace of innovation just wouldn't be there so i think it's it's actually a necessity these days to have people that are empowered to think outside of their own swim lane otherwise your your company is not going to transform itself and you know if your company's not transforming itself today it's probably slowly not yeah yeah, great I, point. I think that uh, at least Jim, you, you talk about this a lot. I hear you talking about this a lot, and and part of this idea of empowering people really encourages micro cultures within your organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and this idea that you know sometimes the best thing you can do as a leader by empowering your people is improve the micro culture of the department, of the team, of whatever that is, and because of that, it ends up influencing the larger cultures within a division or within a sector of the business. Uh, and then maybe if it's powerful enough, you can influence the entire culture of the organization. Yep. But this idea that you know, as, as you tell us uh, often, every time somebody quits or every time somebody joins an organization, the culture changes. Um, But if the leader is static and the leader is empowering people, um, then, then it actually leads right into this second thought Mm -hmm. um, that we have this week, which I think helps in this formation of microcultures. And uh, our thought this week um, interestingly enough, comes from Marianne Williamson, although the quote is often attributed to Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Um, and it's this. Thoughts that rock, number two. As we are liberated from our own fears, our presence automatically liberates others. And when I first saw this quote, I, you know, I started to think about if you are consistently empowering people as a leader, 
the mere presence of you in the room actually encourages people to think big. It encourages mm -hmm. them to take risks because you constantly are empowering them. It's not like, oh gosh, I wonder if I'm going to overstep my bounds or I wonder if I'm going to make so-and-so mad. It's this idea that just you being there actually frees them up to sort of take a breath and go, oh, okay, I can, I can think as crazy out of the box as I want to think, yeah. you know? And that to me um, is everything about forming these microcultures where, where, a team or a, um, a a small group of people within an organization can actually change what's possible for the entire company. Yeah, I you agree. I, and, you know, it reminds me of, again, another guest. You know, we had Kelly Vallade, who at that time was the president of Chile. She's now the uh, president and CEO of Black Box in, Intel, um, Intelligence. And one of the things that she talked about is you need to create an environment where others can be seen. Yep. And, and when you do that, they're empowered to have a voice. And I think it goes right back to, you know, what John was talking about initially. You you can empower people, but, you know, maybe with this Miriam Williamson quote, you know, when you can liberate people and you can get past the fears and maybe even be a little bit, as Brene Brown says, right, being a little bit vulnerable, people go, oh, it's okay. Then I think they can bring their best selves to the table. So, you know, I guess maybe throwing it back over to, to John, Again, you know, maybe if um, I, I guess, how would you tackle a major obstacle or deal with maybe a fear that you've had in your life where the team sees that it's OK? Um, do, do you think that they maybe feel liberated to, to then still feel empowered? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 think I, I so love that quote and I and I so think it's representative of. You know, if you've built yourself up as an empowering leader, the results will will, will come to life. Right? They'll, they'll, they'll show it. They'll, they'll showcase it. Um, you know, I, I, I go back to, you know, I was really lucky or right place. And, you know, the, the pep, some of the Pepsi days where it was all about big thinking. It was exactly that. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you a, a funny, a funny story that, you know, when I was at Pepsi, so uh, so uh, it was Memorial Day weekend, and uh, I, I found out from a source that uh, my uh, my my uh, friends from Coke were putting ten Coke cars into the Pepsi 400, which <laughs> no. was a race that uh, that we had down in Florida at uh, Daytona International Speedway. And we raced once a year with Jeff Gordon in our Pepsi car, and uh, so that was a big deal for us. And for Coke to come in and ambush us, that was a problem. And yeah. I, was, I was scared we were going to look foolish. And so, you know, I gathered my team together and essentially said on the agency side, on the brand team side, said, guys, we need to move and we need to move fast. And, you know, all our ideas are on the table. And I would tell you, come July 4th weekend, when we had the, the Pepsi 400 in Daytona, we had produced a television spot with Jeff Gordon winning the race and being in victory lane. And then obviously the chances of Jeff winning were small. So we produced with him not winning the race, but invading victory lane. Um, we, we had a, uh, a car that one of our agencies put together or they found an old Coke car and they bashed it to hell and they took a old wrecking truck and I it was called it. two slow trucking carried it around the weekend. Coke came down there and had their motorcycle samplers our agency came up with the idea of monster trucks filled with Pepsi gear, all you wanted. Mm. And anytime a, uh, a Coke motorcycle gang came 
to sample their product around our racetrack, boom, a monster truck would show up. We'd take their product, exchange it for something really cool out of the back of our, our monster truck and crush it. And, uh, you know, that the agencies came up with ideas. Our team came up with ideas. Um, and at the end of the day, Jeff Gordon came up with an idea called win the Pepsi 400 beat out all 10 cars. And we were celebrating in victory lane and the race ended in the first spot after the race was Jeff Gordon and victory lane declaring victory. And, uh, and all of those ideas came in a month and all of those ideas came from people who were just excited, empowered, and they knew the end goal. And the end goal was to beat Coke. Yeah. Um, they knew it. They knew they were free to come up with ideas. Um, as crazy as they might have sounded, to drag around a Coke car through Daytona and park it in front of <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> crazy, rebellious idea. But, uh, you know, we let them do it and foster that environment. So, um, and that, you know, again, it's about that teamwork. I'm curious, John. Now, this is uh, it's a li- this is a little left turn here, but it but I'll, we'll pull it back in a second. So, to me, and I'm just curious of your opinion and 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 honestly, how this even factors in a little bit into empowering people. The the Pepsi versus Coke debate is one of the most sort of people are passionate about either or. It's it's almost like a political. Uh, uh, you know, uh, whoever you're voting for, yeah. you, you, you get your candidate and you stand behind that candidate. And the other one, it's like, no way in a million years would I ever vote for that person. Uh, it's one of the few rivalries that like, there's a definite line in the sand drawn. It's not like, Hey, you know, maybe uh, one way or the other way, it's like, you're either a Pepsi person or you're a Coke person. And there's no gray area in between, at least in my experience, that's what mm-hmm. it's been. How difficult does that environment make it to empower people when you know that passion for the brand runs pretty deep and it ha- it could have the the maybe the tendency to go over the line because I mean even just listening to the ad that you just talked about I mean there there's some definite oh, yeah. feelings um that that you go against when somebody else is such a passionate fan it's almost like a you know it's it's the Red Sox versus the Yankees right I mean it's that's, I think that you know so how how does that work so you know as, as far as you know, the empowerment goes in, in working in an environment like Pepsi. Our clear end goal was was really important. And it and in fact it makes it easier because you, you know what the end goal is and the end goal is defeating the red guy. Yeah. And everybody is pretty passionate about that. Yeah. And so there was never a question. Um and I think that's part of the, the challenge with empowerment, right? Is is aligning us leaders on what does success look like. And so in that case, success was pretty clear. Could you go over the line? There's a whole nother story I can tell you on a PG-13 <laughs> version of this that maybe went over the line at the end of the Pepsi 400, um, but I'll tell you that one off the air. Oh, man, that's the one we want on the air. <laughs> so I'm curious I'm curious that, that like, so, so let's bring this to where you are now with Godiva. I mean, it's different. I mean, with something like Coke and Pepsi, it's such a rivalry that you're right. You can sort of lean into people's yeah. allegiances. But when it comes to chocolate, like there are some people who are just like Dove is just, going down, man. Just, just, <laughs> just bathe me in chocolate. I don't care who it comes from. <laughs> when you don't have this well-known rivalry like Coke versus Pepsi, 
what is it about Godiva that you can empower people on to sort of bring that brand story to life? Yeah, you're 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 right, Brant. We don't we don't have that rivalry um, at Godiva, but what I would say is um, we've got such an authentic history, mm. and uh, we're a 94 year old. We'll be a 95 year old brand uh, next year. Nice. Wow. Um, we were invented by a Belgian family, the Draps family, um, and really they created Godiva out of their love for chocolate. And their desire to make people happy. After World War II, they created truffles simply with the insight of trying to make the world a better place. Mm. And we've taken that, and our, our brand purpose, quite simply, is to open people's eyes to a more wonderful world. Mm. And that, that in itself is powerful. So for us, you know, living up to that as a benchmark of a brand purpose is what gets us up out of bed every day. And it's a pretty, pretty wide brand purpose when you think about the world, right? When you think about what's going on in the world today, mm-hmm. opening people's eyes to a more wonderful world, that's, that's a challenging cause. And we do it and certainly put smiles on people's faces with our chocolate, right? That certainly puts smiles. We put smiles on people's face through their experience in a cafe or a boutique. And then, you know, we do it from a social perspective from a CSR perspective. So it's a challenge for us and it motivates us and uh, it'll, it'll, you know, be a task that we're, you know, looking for, for, you know, years to come. I think it's, so for me, at least growing up, knowing of the Godiva brand, I mean, there, there is like a, there's a little bit of a mystique, Mm -hmm. I think with Godiva and this, this quality, right? There's Godiva isn't what I call GSC, which is gas station chocolate. <laughs> uh, it is not, right? It is one of these things that like Godiva is just a little bit, it's a, it's a, it's next level, right? Yeah. And there's a, there's a, um, a richness, a, I don't know, like when I think of Godiva, even the commercials for Godiva, mm-hmm. when I think about it, it is, it's just a little higher class. It's just like stepping up a little bit to, yeah, a, no to, a, to a better experience. Um, as opposed to arguing over which side of the factory makes which side of the candy bar, <laughs> which exactly. is not exactly uh, the type of uh, of image that you get in your mind when you think of Godiva. I think of their incredible um, sort of history of producing not just chocolate, but amazing chocolate, right? And, and a rich chocolate that... Um, it's a special, it's almost like a special occasion, right? Yeah. It's like when you want to, on Valentine's Day, you want to give Godiva. You don't want to give some GSC. You know, that ain't going to work. <laughs> and that's just from the product I, I end. Love, I love GSC. I, I, I certainly love that that phrase. And, and you, you're absolutely right. I mean, we, we are known around the world for, for premium gifting. Um, we're certainly getting into more of these days, you know, self-treat and sharing and with the launch of cafes around the world, that's, that's a big piece for us. Yeah. But it is, it is a happy brand. It is a premium brand. I mean, I, I've traveled quite a bit in the you know year and a half I've been at Godiva and I'd say the one interesting part about it is, you know, I've gone into some countries and any immigration place I walk into and you can have a very mean immigration officer in some country you haven't visited before and you walk up and he or she says, where do you work? And as soon as you say Godiva, you just see that smile yeah. on their face. And they go from being the <laughs> toughest immigration officer to, do you have any samples for me today, Yeah, sir? of course. Um, <laughs> and you don't get that with every brand. You get a smile from everybody with Godiva. Um, it's a ubiquitous smile. 
Um, and, you know, again, as I said, it's, it's, it's a big threshold for us to live up to that motivates us as much as, if not more than the Pepsi Coke rivalry mm-hmm. is, is making the world a better place through our, through our brands, our experiences and our people. Yeah. It's funny because I think now the combination of the two makes me just want Godiva more. I'm listening to Brandt talk about the premium quality of the chocolate, but the way that you talk about the brand and its mission and its foundation and what you guys are trying to do, that ultimate purpose-driven mission makes me, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people today, they make decisions based off of where they want to work or what they want to buy based off of, geez, if I got two companies with similar product. I'm going for the one that actually cares about the planet and its people and what they're doing with whether it's their money or how they're trying to help out people's lives. So, you know, I I hope even just by sharing a little bit of that here on the podcast, you've got some people that are going to go, man, it's been a while. Or I I absolutely have fallen madly in love with Godiva. I've always been there. There is no other competitor. And it just reinforced it just because of. You know, I think between both of you guys talking about the brand, I was kidding before, but now I really do want some samples. Where are these? Are on the, the samples are on the way. My, my boss will kill me for not having samples. Uh, this it. doesn't help my low carb diet at all, but that's all right. I'm going to, I'm going to binge. Hey, you know what? A little bit of dark chocolate. Yes. Uh, is, is using a little ma- amazing Godiva dark chocolate. Yep. I'm actually a bit of a runner. And I have a little Godiva dark chocolate every day, and it does amazing things for my running. That's that's awesome. That's what Jim just told his doctor. I use that excuse all the time. My doctor stopped (laughs) on me, but that's fine. That's That's fine. How can uh, people stay in touch with you, John, or at least keep up with uh, all the things that Godiva is doing? Where where would you like for people to to check out the things you're doing? So look. you know, I uh, I have a private email. I'm I'm happy to share jgalloway24 wow, at awesome. gmail.com. Um, and you know, if anybody you know wanted to talk Godiva brand, they want to talk empowerment, they want to tell me I'm full of it. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm happy to I'm happy to to chat. Um, Godiva.com, you know, is is another place you can certainly check out everything that's going on with with our brand. And there's a lot of excitement going on this year as, as we get towards our, our 95th, um, as we sort of battle like everybody else through, uh, you know, some uncertain times. Yeah. But Godiva.com, you can always it's always open online and you can always buy your chocolate there. We, you know, we, we've seen a digital transformation that's, that's been big time on, on Godiva.com as well. So, uh, you know, me personally, Godiva.com um, or you can go to Jim and he knows where to find me as well. Yeah. Well, listen, I know that I'm sure like other brands out there, whether you're online or brick and mortar have had their, their share of struggles during some of the stuff going on. But, you know, I know that uh, with you there, things are on the right path. You've worked for some fantastic brands. You and I certainly had a lot of fun. I mean, it was fun working for a brand that was not only winning all the time, but had record profits. You know, those were the years of some of the record bonuses and, you know, that was about extending a brand globally as well. And you just, you've, you've got a really, really good background and a, and a good head on your shoulders. And, and to give you credit, you always are, are propping up the team. It's always about empowering the team. And I know that was your, your focus today. And we just can't help but be happy for you. And we'll, we'll follow you along on your journey and, uh, and send as many people to Godiva.com as we can, man. Well, I appreciate that. And I, you know, I am truly blessed, honestly, with, you know, a number of great leaders in my career and uh, who empowered me and who empower me to this day. And I'd leave it on that, that, uh, 
you know, the, the leaders to empower their people. They'll reap a heck of a lot of benefits for it. And it might have a little bit more freedom and, and time off to spend with their family. Yeah. Love it, man. Love, Love it. it. Well, thanks, buddy, for spending a little bit of time with us. And uh, we look forward to uh, checking with you down the road. We'll see you soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Enjoyed it. You got it. Rock on, buddy. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on!